welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, and my co-host, Dan Bateman. We are back, baby. We've been to London. We've been to Germany. We've been to Bentonville, Arkansas. We've been to Philadelphia. We saw, I saw Gritty. I think his name's Gritty. The orange guy from Philadelphia. Sick. Sick. Uh, lots of things have happened in. Today, uh, you know, we're in a weird transition moment, right? All will be one has been out for a few weeks. Uh, Phyrexia is is out to play. They've opened up the multiverse and are invading all the planes. We got our first sneak peek previews uh, for uh, March of the Machines, which will be the big heyday event, plus even some further previews as, as far down the line as the Lord of the Rings set, Commander Masters. Uh, etc so there's a lot we've got a lot on the horizons over the next couple of months but we're kind of in the middle point we're, we're hovering between two things so we're gonna uh kind of break down all of the exciting new things we saw from march of the machines and then we'll give uh you know we have we have some cool stuff to talk about from our thoughts of all will be one that had happened it's weird that that's in the future tense and it's now past tense uh and then uh talk about our um some thoughts of what we're looking for from march of the machines so uh uh f- first ben uh before we get started, uh, make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, if you want a 15-minute early preview episode, we talked about the show The White Lotus today. Um, that is all exclusive to patrons on patreon.com slash the MMCast. Uh, also, make sure to hit that like, subscribe, and bell button to whenever we make new content. You get alerted because you like this content. And if you like this content, you want more of this content. Uh, and last but not least, uh, check out altersleeves.com and use the code the MMCast when checking out to get a little, you get a little bonus. And uh, this show is brought to you by TCG Player and Channel Fireball. If you want to buy singles, there's a link below. It'll use the API to send uh, them to us. You, that's all you got to do. You got to click that link. All right, Mr. Bateman, you ready to yes. talk some March of the Machines? That's definitely there was the first set of previews hit while we were in Philly. We were they started revealing stuff on the on the panel stage uh, and uh, they were talking about them. And all of a sudden we were all passing our phones around. Look at this. And they they're like, did first of all, did you know the team up stuff was coming? Was that were you like aware of that? Was that like a common knowledge that that was going to be a bunch no, of cards? We were no, that was that was that was definitely a surprise reveal. It's not it's not surprising in hindsight. Um, but it is, it, it was something that I think everyone found out about for the first time during the, the, the preview. It's pretty, it's funny. There's a bunch of cards for those that haven't seen yet that are like two notable characters. And it's like the card name is like X and X, like Yargle. And what was the other one? Yargle. And- uh, so the, so the four that we saw so far, Yargle and Multani, right. uh, Gata, Galta and, uh, Maverin, uh, Drena and Limvala. And Thalia and the Gitrog monster. Obviously, that one, all of them being pretty exciting. That one being for, for me the most exciting. Um, and they, they're 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 like character concepts that are working together. They make sense from a story perspective. Some of them are inside jokes. So um uh Ben Wheeler from Loading Ready Run has often had a joke going for years that in the original artwork for Gitrog Monster, there's like an arm coming out of its mouth. And okay. that was Thalia, right? And then we didn't know because at the end of the story, we didn't really find out exactly what happened to Thalia. We didn't find out until the most recent return to, to Innistrad what happened to her. And she's fine. Uh, but the joke for a very long time was that Thalia was uh, eaten by the Gitrog monster. And uh, so the reference of Thalia riding the Gitrog monster into battle is literally a direct reference to the Ben Wheeler joke from from like almost eight years ago. Um yeah, the cards are funny looking. They're they're all mostly blending of two different cards, like 
just like stapling together abilities kind of a thing um, and colors. And that one in particular, <laughs> the Kate Rock monster is like the, from like a cards that I hate playing against perspective. It's like the favorite card. I feel like that's like your favorite card that's ever been printed. And I read it. And oh, I was yeah. just like, I want to jump off a cliff. I was like, I hate this card so much. I never want to play against this card. So, so for those, so uh, for those who are audio only, it's uh, Thalia and the Gitrog Monster, one white, black, green, legendary creature, human frog horror, first strike, death touch. You may play an additional land on each of your turns, creatures, and non-basic lands your opponents control. Enter the battlefield tapped, and whenever Thalia and the Gitrog Monster attacks, sacrifice a creature, a land or a land, then draw a card. So, um, first strike, death touch is a combo of the Gitrog Monster, death touch and thalia i believe this is like the fourth card ever to have both first strike and death touch at the same time two of which of the previous ones were glissa uh right. cards and the idea reason that's rare is because first strike and death touch means that you can't block this this can't lose in creature combat and to anything that doesn't also have first strike because it'll do first strike damage first and the death touch damage will kill the thing before it even has a chance to do damage even if it's bigger um that you may play an additional land on each of your turns comes from the original uh, you know, it plays in the space of what both the what the Get Wrong monster was doing before. Um, creatures and non-basic lands your opponent's control under the battlefield tapped is a reference to Thalia's second card. Um, and then whenever Thalia and the Get Wrong monster attack, sacrifice a creature or land and draw a card is a reference to Get Wrong's original card where um, you would uh, sacrifice a land and draw whenever you, a land would enter a graveyard from everywhere, you would draw a card. So it's it's a it's a combo of both of them. It's leaning into the like the Thalia land space, which I think is interesting from her second card. And uh, it's just it's definitely uh, I don't even know. It might not even be my favorite card of the like eight cards previewed so far, but it's really, really good. Uh, it just strikes me as a card that you would play in a deck against me and re- it would resolve and I would just shrug. And be so sad because it's like everything I hate playing against. It's like literally the inevitability, the like, it's hard to attack into. It's like value engine churning. It slows me down. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's good. So the the, the cards that have been previewed are sweet. So yeah, and, and, and we're, we'll, we'll review each of the ones now too. So the next one is Galta and Maverin, which uh, uh, is interesting. Three green, green, white, white. Legendary creature, dinosaur, vampire, 12, 12, trample. Whenever you attack, choose one. Create a tapped and attacking XX green dinosaur creature token with trample, where X is the greatest power among other attacking creatures, or create X11 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is the number of other attacking creatures. So obviously for Galta, the size is the big Galta reference, and then the when you attack, make tokens is the the Maverin. Uh, reference it's a legendary creature dinosaur vampire uh one of the really cool things about this card that's exciting is that there uh are ways to take advantage of this because of its creature type that normally you wouldn't be able to because because this is a vampire um you can put this into play as early as turn two if you play any type of creature that is a mana dork uh that that your your classic lana or elf you then on turn two play good old uh soren uh the the three mana one that has the ultimate that can play as soon as it enters the battlefield uh to put a vampire creature from your hand into play you are able to play galta and maverin on turn two uh so you have a 12 12 trampler that when it attacks on the next turn will be attacking with uh an additional 12 12 token um this card's, this card's bonkers that's pretty sweet yeah it's really i mean the thing I think that I appreciate about card design like this is that this costs seven. 
So it like is cool and it's powerful and it does really fun stuff, but I'm not going to read this card and like worry about it from the like we're we're stapling together abilities standpoint. I think my maybe my issue with the last one we talked about is that that card feels like in in the like questing beast sort of way, the like there's so many things going on on this card. Uh, sure. If you look at old magic cards and you look at like the old design of magic cards, cards just had a lot less going on on them. And I have found that we've talked about this before, but I've definitely found that the lean into so much more text and so many more things going on on a single magic card is one of my like least favorite things about modern sure. magic design. I like it even less on double face cards, but but I even even to some degree cards that have a lot of generically good abilities like like that Thalia card is like <laughs> just generically doing a lot of really good things. Well, um, I will say it all has to do with each other, though, right? It is a lands theme combo. You have, yeah. you know, your opponent's lands end up play tapped. You may play additional lands. And then when it attacks, you can sacrifice a land to draw a card. Um, I, will, I will at least contend that it's 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 more defensible in terms of, like, needing synergy because of the Gitrog monster ability, which in itself is a, like, that's a fun engine ability. It's not right. as, like, straightforward. It's, it's, it's different than, like, uh, like Uro. Like Uro is a good example of a card that's just on its face, like doing too much. It's like, sure. like this is just this is just like not fun to play against at all. Um, whereas like, you know, if you sacrifice it and you draw, but you don't have a land in hand, then you're not getting as much value and it slows down and like that can happen. Well, Ben, I have I have the answer. If you're looking for a simple card, if you were looking, if you're if you want a card that doesn't have a lot of rules text on it that is as simple as can be. Let me introduce yeah. you to uh, the next card, Yargle and Multani. Three black, black, green for a legendary creature, frog, spirit, elemental. Um, it is an 18-6, and that's it. It's a vanilla 18-6. Uh, it has, a, it has a, nice, a nice flavor text box, but none of those are abilities. Um, I, do love the, I do love the flavor text on this card. Did you read it? Uh <laughs> Well, are you do you, do you want to be the Yargle or should I? You 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 are. I'm casting you as the Yargle. I'll I'll be Meltani. I've heard much about you from my daughter, Meltani Mudbold. There was a time when I bulk at your old phantom, but she has shown me the merit in Urberg's strange ways. <laughs> Replied the Yargle. <laughs> <laughs> um so this card's sick it's a it's a playoff of the original card yargle um who uh was a i believe a a nine six right so it's doubled its power with maltani helping out um for for the addition of green from a commander perspective what's interesting is this card is actually probably just better than yargle because for one extra mana you get the entire access to the color pie of green in the command zone i think it's like otherwise a regular card it's just fun. It's going to be really fun playing with it in like limited where just like on turn six, you have like an 18 power thing that like I think the original, I feel like the original Yargle, because I think this is double. I think it's nine, three, maybe not nine, six. Yes, I think you're correct. You're correct. That would make sense, right? But yes, I, I agree. I mean, the thing we've talked about this before on the show, the whole idea that like the arbitrary size of a creature increasing in magic nowadays, if there's no ability involved is sort of hilariously vanilla. And I think they're aware of this now because of how powerful magic has become and how good creatures are in general, that like 
this could be like a 28-6, and it would almost make no difference at, at a certain point. Past a certain point, like there's things you can do. When I brought this up with you in, in Philly, you were like, well, no, like, you know, there's like fun, there's fun interactions with so much power, like whether it's like scavenge or what's the uh, commander you like so much? Oh, Mimeoplasm. Yeah, Mimeoplasm. Like there's like, you know, there's like stuff like that that's cool that plays into the power, but like in standard, this is good. You'd be like, the difference of 18 versus 15 versus 25 is sort of sort of arbitrary for the most I, part. I, I don't I don't I think 18 is a specifically powerful. I like I thought about this after that conversation for a while, just because literally if you've done two damage to them, this is a one hit kill. Right? Like yeah. this and a shock is 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 a is a victory, right? And like or or just like in commander. A giant growth plus this is commander damage win on any. If this hits one person and you have any pump spell ever printed, <laughs> uh, that's not totally true. Any pump spell that's three or more, um, you you just kill a player, right? Like that. That's that's different than fifteen, which like then that extra six damage is relatively relevant to get. Then at that point, it should might as well just be eleven, right? I think the difference between eighteen and eleven is more significant. So sure. Um, or the difference between 15 and 11 is less than 15 and 18. 18 is just so close to 21 and there's so many ways to give plus three plus X, um, that it, it, it ends up being a lot more powerful, but to your point, it's, it's just very silly, which I love. Yes. Yargle and Multani, a play on uh Multani Marrow Sorcerer. And I, did they make another Multani? Yeah, there's Multani Yavamaya's avatar. I believe that, that uh, it references their daughter. I think that's Multani Avatar, but uh, yes, it's, it's named after Multani. There's two versions, but neither, neither of them have um, any, like the rules text of what they do is not super relevant to this card other than the fact that obviously, obviously it's it, the, the creature type is an elemental, which is part of it. But I think just the fact that it's a big green creature, right? The original Mar, uh, Maltani Mara sorcerer was just a six mana. This thing as big as the amount of cards in all players hands, right? It was just big was its, yeah. its main thing. And it, it's definitely doing that here. I uh, have, I own like four foil Multani Marasaurus or like six of them. Uh, <laughs> there were like that whole, I, I bought a bunch of expensive foils a few years back from that time period, from like that early time period. Do you know how much period. a foil of that is worth? I mean, I bought it for like a hundred and change. It's worth like oh, okay. around probably what I bought it for now. Yeah, when, yeah, there was a time they peaked, they peaked at one point for like 400. Okay. Um, the like they're very expensive yeah i mean all all of those foils like i own like three foil donates and i own like four foil ring of gigs and just a bunch of cards from that period because all the foils are really expensive uh, but they were all um, specs all right now the last card draina and linvala one one white black legendary creature vampire angel three four flying vigilance Activated abilities of creatures your opponent's control cannot be activated. Draina and Limbala has all activated abilities of all creatures your opponent's control. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. Um, this card is sick. Uh, it is It is definitely... I'm really happy that we have a good Linvala again, right? The original Linvala was such a powerful card, and it's just the first ability, right? It's just the first part of this ability is what that Linvala was. And, like modern staple for a long time and then just every linvala since has sucked they're all like, like six mana one that like 
it requires your opponents to play two lands a turn or something like that. And then the th- the the blue white uh, one that it requires party to like tap creatures down or whatever. Both of them, meh. This she's back and she's doing six stuff. It's because she's hanging out with her new best friend Drana, who uh, exactly. is allowing her to also steal the activated abilities of other creatures. It's pretty notable here that if you look at the at all of these different uh, cards, like. So Galta, like, right, like the original Galta, you could play for cheap if you got the thing going, um, you know, Thalia and the Gitrog monster, it's, you know, more expensive than Thalia, less expensive than Gitrog monster. So it feels, you know, Yargle, for instance, is, is more expensive, but it's support power. The, the original Linvala is this card, except without Vigilance, the one black pip here, the single black pip in Drawn and Linvala means that it's the same size, three, four flying, but you get Vigilance and you get the second ability. Because the activated abilities of your opponent's control can be activated is just the original Linvala. So this one is a, is like a pretty much, I mean, the fact you have to play black, I guess, makes it not a strictly better. But it's basically, well, it's, for a single black, it is strictly better. It's strictly it like, better in Commander, right? Yeah. Because like, well, I guess that's not true. It's better as a, com- it's strictly better as a Commander, right? Because you have... You can now play two colors. Now playing as Linvala. Someone someone has pointed out that there are three cards that were previewed literally in one day that are all like CDH playable cards. And we'll get to additional ones that like never happens. And this was one of them, right? No. Um, because like this is a reason to play black white in CDH and not just play Tinma and something. Like this is a good reason to be a black white deck without that in the command zone, um, which is saying a lot but that this card this card's really sick and i really like also the flavor so the original it like it's interesting how they're playing up because all the cards are like one legend and another legend their abilities combined right well the drana one here is really like up there because drana's original ability was uh x black black target creature gets minus zero minus x until end of turn and then drana gets plus x plus zero until end of turn so it's using that same ability where it's like, I'm taking something from your creatures and giving it to me. She's just, instead of doing power and toughness, she's using activated abilities, which I thought was also really cool. Yeah. The card's really good. I think, I think, I mean, a lot of the cards they previewed are really, really good. Uh, just in general, they did, they did pre, they did preview. I'm not sure if you saw this, another flash flying two one for two. <laughs> Yet another. It's like my favorite subtype of card. Uh, <laughs> Fairy Mastermind. One blue. Uh, flash flying whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn. Draw a card. Three and a blue. Each player draws a card. It's a 2-1 Fairy Rogue. It is also uh, Yuta Takahashi, the World Championship. Uh, number oh, I'm 27. That's a 27, right? XXV2. Yeah. The... Uh... Learn my Roman numerals from the franchise Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, th- this, is, this is the third card, by the way, that's like CDH playable. This card is uh, very good. Yeah, I mean, this is like the most pushed Flash Flying 2 one they've made. This is like in general, and it's just, this is very antiquated, but I really like uh, two power flyers with Flash for two uh, in blue. And, and the reason being that so many of the good counter spells historically are blue one or blue blue like you there's a huge number of them so in singleton formats it's very fun to be able to put an evasive two power onto the battlefield if you don't have to counter something so and it's it's significantly different than the three mana ones and it's obviously one mana ones are rarely ever pushed enough because they're always like one ones 
So you can get like enough of a clock going while also still holding up counter spells. And I've said for, for a long time, eventually there would be a high enough density of cards like this that were powerful enough that what I'm talking about, I think will be like a reasonable strategy. Now magic, I think has gotten too powerful for that idea to be correct anymore. But in like Highlander, the more of these they print, the more fun my deck is because the more consistent I'm always going to have two power evasive end of turn where I, if I don't have to counter something on turn right. two. And this is the best one by a mile. Like this card. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and just like in modern, there are so many different ways your opponents are maybe drawing cards, any type of cantrip. This helps you benefit. Plus in the late game, if you need to, you can use it to draw cards, even though it's give, like giving it you're, you're drawing two for every one your opponent is drawing off of it. If you time it correctly. Um, and, it, and, and as like, you said, it, it's a threat that plays into that draw grow strategy. The fairy also like it's notable that because it's notable because like the fairies that do exist that were good in that standard format years and years ago, they haven't pushed with like lots of good fairies since then. We've gotten like odd fairies here and there, but they haven't pushed us with like clear upgrades that just make those like, you know what I mean? Like because I think because I think that strategy was kind of hated by many of the people who played against it back in the day. Mm -hmm. This is the first one they've printed in a while. That's like this is better than basically any card in that original fairies deck like basically like bitter blossoms the only card from the original fairies deck that's like as good as this and i mean i don't think fairies in modern like is is a thing that'll that'll happen but card certainly makes this this card certainly makes it a lot more reasonable to think that you could play a fairies deck with like cyan Muna and i actually think it's relevant because we're going to the fey wilds in eldraine later this year so so i do think we're about to get a bunch of cool powerful playable fairies um so i i wouldn't i wouldn't count the fey out especially because like my big brain theory is that after and honestly the two sets we're going to is after the uh ending of march of the machines i do think that oko and azor are both set up as possible major villains and oko's whole thing is he's like a he comes from the fey courts right he's like a fairy planeswalker so uh or fairy themed planeswalker um, i did forget uh brazen borrower is, is is the other really good fairy that's been printed yeah. uh all right so we have two more cards for the hero side of the cards previewed so far and then we'll be talking about some villain stuff some Frixian things so the first one is we did get our first planeswalker card we got chandra holmes beacon uh we do know that there will be more than three planeswalkers and less than 10 but we don't know how many uh i uh, have been on the record saying that i think that um, the March of the Sheen's storyline will lead to a massive alteration to the framework that is how Planeswalkers work within the story and on a step-by-step basis. Mark Rosewater has said there is a big change in regards to them on their way. Um, and so this could, this could uh, we're, we're on our way to big changes. But Chandra, it hopes Beacon uh, is four red, red legendary Planeswalker Chandra. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Plus two, add two mana in any combination of colors. Plus one, exile the top five cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell from among those exiled cards. So it has a plus one of, in some ways, draw five. Yeah, I mean, it's the sorceries. And then minus X, Chandra Hope's Beacon deals X damage to each up to two targets. Card's really good. They've done a pretty good job of pushing the expensive Chandras over the last few years. I've been impressed with quite a few of them, actually. I think this is the third six mana Chandra that I'm like, pr- think is pretty epic. Uh, the 
the six mana one that makes the two three ones is really good. The they're all really I mean, they're all really good cards. They it, it seems to be it seems to be one of the planeswalkers where what they're doing with it every time I'm like impressed by like they haven't done the thing like they did with all those Jaces over the years, where they just kept printing like kind of bad cards and you just kept being like, I don't understand how you guys can't figure out that this is not exciting, but maybe it's because six mana is enough. Six mana is enough that you can pretty like comfortably push a card and like not have to worry about it being overly powerful. So I think this card's really good. Yeah. My, like my two biggest complaints, one, I really wish it's uh, her plus one also hit planeswalkers. Just mm. from like a from a story perspective, she's supposed to be gathering the heroes together. She's the one kind of centering around it. So from a flavor perspective, the leaning into instants and sorceries feels a little antithetical, even though the design is cool to like the plot of the story right now. Um, and then two, um, also because it doesn't work with like my mono red Chandra deck that is all every Chandra is in the deck. And so I'm not going to add this one, even though it might be the, you know, who knows? She might not survive. could be the last Chandra. Um, and then, um, otherwise I think it's cool. It's a cool ability. I like that. It like is weirdly playing up like multiples. Like it's two mana of any combination of colors X damage up to two target creatures. It kind of reminds me of like a six mana version of Jessica. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, it's 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 fine. It's a it's a fine planeswalker card. Her alternate art does look like she's doing the spirit bomb from mm. Dragon Ball Z, where he's like gathering all the energy from all the people. Uh, mm. or like 18 other different shonen protagonists who have a giant fireball over their head that they're gonna throw at someone. Um, it's sweet. Now the last hero card uh is a little bit of it i told you so so um elsbeth is confirmed back moment of truth one in a blue instant look at the top three cards of your library put one of those into your hand one of them into your yard and one of them on the bottom of your library it is an instant um which is an interesting place what almost it's almost telling time uh it's a little different than telling time right because telling time leaves one on top i believe this puts the one into your graveyard instead of on top of your library which probably is better because you're not stuck with drawing a card you get to ditch whatever the worst version is uh which telling is why I like really i think te- i want to say telling time puts one in your hand one on top one on bottom and this is this instead of yeah, having right. one on top puts in the graveyard yeah, yeah. i think it's slightly better sure 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 um yeah well, especially because you can lean into a little like better better uh graveyard strategies for sure um to me, I mean, this is worse than expressive iteration. So, like, basically every format but standard doesn't want this. And in standard, I think, consider it slightly better. But this is a cool card. It'll be great and limited. And it, it's definitely a cool option. The important part, though, is is uh, what the art is depicting. On the precipice of eternity, Elsbeth made a choice. The fight would not end without her. And it shows Elsbeth walking down, uh, uh, like, a floating stone path in the blind eternities to a white light with feathers flying behind her. And it looks like the thing I've been saying all over the internet for weeks now that uh, Elsbeth was going to come back after the Silex. She's going to come back as an angel ascended into a greater planeswalker angel being. Um, it's coming true. And I was right. I'm going to just drink this glass of ice. <laughs> and deck a victory lap. Such a flex. Um, Such a hard flex. Oh, they're, you know, they're not going to stop. <laughs> um. This one feels exceptionally good because there are like 
many people arguing me with Twitter on Twitter and in my TikTok comments being like, there is no way Ellis Bescom, there's nothing they've established. The Silas only, Urs only survived the Silas because he became an old walker. Elsbeth is dead here. I'm like, El, you have, if you know anything about how stories are told, you know that that's not true. And they were wrong. And Elsbeth is back. And we can uh, be happy about that. You're just going to do a little happy dance? You ready? You ready about some villains? You ready to see some villains? Let's do it. All right, I'm gonna go. Um, uh, first, we're gonna start with Jinky Taxis. Here's the Jinky Taxis. We are getting all five Praetors back. Um, the the March of the Machines will bring them back. They're all going to be flip creatures. They're gonna have a front side that'll be the Praetor. It'll be the first time we get a Praetor with just their name. So Jinky Taxis is just Jinky Taxis. Vornaclex is just going to be Vornaclex. Elshnar is just going to be Elshnar. There's not going to be any like Grand Seno, not Grand Cenobite, but you know, the 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 things that come come after their name. But then they will be flip cards, and they will flip into. We believe they will all be sagas. And the way that the art team talked about it during the presentation, they will they will all be sagas. What's interesting though, from an art direction perspective, is and what they're called is that Frixians don't have art. Artwork isn't a thing. Kind of the grand completion and what they're working towards is the thing, and so. The progress engine, which is the blue-centered um, Phyrexian faction, right? the one that, that is led by Jinky Taxius, they're working towards the great synthesis. That is all things being completed in this great science experiment. But uh, And that's what the back of the card is called. And so it flips to um, you draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size as long as the great synthesis is in play. Uh, it's story part two is return all non Frixian creatures to their owner's hand. So only Frixians exist. And number three, uh, omniscience, you have omniscience until this card goes away. Uh, and then instead of, instead of being destroyed, when it flips over, when it ends its story, it flips back to Jinka taxi. So it goes back and forth. Um, kind of playing up a little bit of like the God vibes that previous sets have done. Um, one thing that's really cool is obviously all three abilities on this work really well. You draw a bunch of cards, then all of the creatures, including maybe creatures that you control, also get returned to your hand as, lo- as well as your opponents. But then you get to omniscience them all back into play. And then it flips back into Jigitaxius, who has the ability for three blue blue. It's a five five ward two. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell with mana value three or greater, you draw a card. And then you can pay three and a blue to exile Jigitaxius, then return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only as a sorcery and only if you have seven or more cards in hand cards really powerful uh it's doing a lot it like i mean the the omniscience the like the omniscience side of it just like this being like a component of this card is super powerful um yeah i i mean this card's really good i don't really know yeah i mean i think i think i think what we can expect from the other praetors is going to be you know, uh, probably ward or a different protection ability or a different keyword ability. Um, it'll then have like an ability that builds towards a goal, right? This is whenever you cast a non-creature spell with mana value through greater draw a card, but an ability that draws towards a goal and then a four mana flip activation that requires something that the goal, the goal that you need, right? This is a hand size of seven. Um, Elishnor might be have seven creatures in play uh vornaclex might be have a creature with power blah 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 you know some of the standard blue green things um and then the backside will be a saga and my guess is that the saga names are uh for uh elshorn will be the argent etchings 
uh, for um, Red, it'll be the Great Work for Urbrask, and for uh, Vornaclax, it'll be the Grand Evolution. Because that's kind of like, they've already established what each of the factions are working towards, and since the Great Synthesis is one of those, that's probably what it'll be. Gotcha, gotcha. And we've so far only gotten Genutaxis and one other of these, uh, or we've just of, of the villains, we've just gotten the one. We've gotten all the artwork, so the artwork may be around me right now for each of the different um, Praetors, but we haven't gotten the abilities of the next one. The next villain card, which will be the other flip card we got, though, is a sad one. And by a sad one, I mean I'm pretty happy about it because uh, I really... This guy's a jerk. <laughs> um, Heliod, the Radiant Dawn, two white, white legendary enchantment creature, God 4-4. When Heliod, the Radiant Dawn enters the battlefield, return target enchantment card that wasn't that isn't a god from your graveyard to your hand. Three Phyrixian Blue, transform Heliod, the Radiant Dawn, activate only as a sorcery. And then it flips into Heliod, the Warped Eclipse, legendary enchantment creature, Phyrixian God. You may cast spells as though they had flash. Spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card your opponents have drawn this turn for six. Complete the god, complete the plane. So what has happened here? Because there's a, there was a, you know, how do you complete a god? It's an ethereal being in space. Um, if you complete enough of the followers of that god on uh, Thanos, or on, on Thanos, on Theros, they then become completed themselves. So, so Elish uh, looks like Jinkataxius because he's turning blue. Jinkataxius has completed enough Theros people that worship Teliad that he is now a Phyrexian god because of it. Gotcha, gotcha. I like the, I like the blue white. Um, if you played this Heliod as a commander, would it be a blue white commander or just a blue commander? It'd be a blue white commander. Blue white, right? Because there's mana symbols of both. Yep. Um, so that's, that's fun. That's cool that you, that, that you can do that. And, well, even, uh, even, even the color identity being both counts. So like on Garrick, the original one, the green, black, that the green side that flipped to a black side. Yeah. That is a green, black card as far as commander is concerned. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think this card is extraordinarily powerful. I think it's a good card. I think it's, it costs four to play in the first place. And then it's going to cost another three plus two life to flip it. The flip side's really good. Um, it's cool though. I like the art a lot. I, I really like the art on both sides. I think it like looks really dope. I'll bet like the alt art versions of this card that are going to come out are going to be really awesome looking. We've seen some of them. They're sick. They're better. They're even, I would argue, better than um, this. One of the cool things that they're doing because this is a multi-planar event set, uh, the promos of the different cards will be based on the promos from the planes we've been to. So the Heliod promo is like the Starfield promo. Um, okay. and then the, the, uh, Thalia and the Gitrog monster uses the like pumpkin-y plant feelings of the, um, the most recent Innistrad set, uh, sets. So it, it leans into like the worlds they're from. Um, and speaking of a world that we're from, we have Omnath Locus of All. Omnath finally got its fifth color and it's Phyrexian Black Mana. Uh, white, blue, Phyrexian black, red, green, Phyrexian black, just smack dab in the middle. Uh, legendary creature, Phyrexian elemental. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes black mana instead. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if it has three or more color mana symbols in the mana cost. If you do, add three mana in any combination of its colors and put it into your hand. If you don't reveal it, put it into your hand. So 
beginning of your pecan main phase, you draw a card. Sometimes you get three man out of it if it's a if it's a triple gold card or more. Um, the big thing is, you know, Omnath has been completed. We knew he was going to get a fifth color, but we didn't know it would go that. Not like this. Not like this. You like the Omnath cards? All of them? This dates back to the original Omnath is a worldway card, right? Omnath Locus of Mana, the original green one. Mike, yep. you correct about that? I think uh, I like every Omnath. They're all that's the original. That's the one mana. You don't lose unspent mana between phases. It's the upwelling creature. Then I know we obviously have the really good four mana one that you have the sick version of. Um, mm-hmm. There's that one. There's another one, right? That's like there's two other ones. So there's one every every time it sh- every time Omnath showed, has shown up, it's added a color. So the first one was the original Omnath Locus of Creation, I think, and then it was Modern Green Locus of Mana. Locus of Mana. Locus of Mana. Then the second one was Omnath Locus of Rage. Uh, and it's red green, and it's uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield, a landfall, make a five five, and then whenever right. an elemental control, uh, whenever an elemental creature dies, do five damage to any target. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, it might that might be all players. That might be any uh, a target player. That I uh, it's on the screen. Hi, Omnath. Uh, the third Omnath is uh, whenever an elemental enters the battlefield, uh, including I believe Omnath themselves, you draw a card and you can play an additional land that turn. That one's seen a ton of modern play, right? That's like the the modern playable one. And then four color Omnath is enters the battlefield, draw a card, landfall, gain four life. If you get another landfall on the same turn, you make white, red, blue, green mana. If you get another land on the same turn, you do uh, four damage to each opponent. Then I have a commander deck built off of. That card also seen play in modern, no? That that card has seen a ton of play in modern. That that card has seen is banned in some formats and has seen a ton of play in modern for sure. Um, and and this is the fifth mana Omnath. So we now have all five. So we've completed the we've completed the Omnath, both as a cycle and in the word completion. There are a lot of like very cute things about this card. One, what I just said, we've completed the cycle. But um, the fact that because they waited for black mana, who is the th- middle every single time, no matter what middle color, right? Wooberg black is the middle of that that color order. It was always going to be completed last with black Phyrexia mana symbol in the very center showing off in a way that's very symmetrical. There's a lot of things that I'm like, did you get lucky here, Wizards? Or did you plan this from the very beginning? Or not the beginning, <laughs> but at least since four mana Omnath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Omnath cards are, uh, generally speaking, more expensive than cards I tend to like playing. I definitely, I think Locus of Creation, that's the that's the good one for Modern, is the one I've definitely played the most. Um, that card's really good. <laughs> the Landfall is really good. I also hate it. It's exactly the kind of card I dislike, but it is a really powerful card. It's, you know, just the inevitability of the mana and the cards and the lands and the life. And um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think this one is nearly as good. Um, but it is cool. I think this card. I think, I think it's okay. a four mana card that lets you play five mana in Commander that mm-hmm. lets you draw a card and then makes it so that your mana survives per turn per turn. Right. I think those are like it's a Phyrexian Arena that has that has the original Omnath ability, but now instead of just only saving green mana, it saves all mana, but it it, it hangs out as black mm-hmm. mana. The the only other cards we got previewed from this set are ten. Like the 10 tap gain lands, they're all things that tap and then gain you a life. What's really cute about all of them is that they're all references from lands of similar color from other sets. 
Uh, and then, the, but they're all like being completed and then they have really cute flavor text. So like, for instance, the red, white one is Winsgard cragged. It's making reference to the wet, white, red check land from the, Dom- mm. the set Dominaria, where it has a big Sarah angel statue on a hill, but now it's been replaced by an Elishnorn statue. Um, and so each of them kind of follow that same suit and then kind of tell a story of one of the different planes from Kaladesh to Ikoria being invaded by the Phyrexians. So these won't be modern legal, but there are three additional partner cards. Um, these are all, so there are each of the different pre-release, like when you buy in each pre-release kit will have a commander in it. This is like a new thing they're doing and they're all partner cards. And so the first one we'll talk about is Catilda and Lier, uh, green, white, blue, three, three human legendary creature. Whenever you cast a human spell, target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. This flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. It's a really so, interesting card. I was thinking about this when I read this card the first time. So obviously, whenever you cast a human spell, target instant or sorcery card, and you're so every human you cast becomes Snapcaster Mage. That's literally yeah, that's literally literally so so Lier is the super Snapcaster Mage from um Midnight yeah, yeah, Hunt, from, right? The five yeah. mana blue creature, all all instants and sorceries have flashback in your graveyard for blue. And the Gatilda was the human lord. So it's 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 them making every human into a snapcaster mage. The thing that's interesting about this though is the symmetry of wanting to play lots of humans to flash spells back. It's like the thing where you have to sort of split your cards between humans and spells. And I'm you know, there's good synergy there. Just it just doesn't invite like it doesn't invite like a like a pathway where like there's t- super synergy. It just means like I have to play lots of humans and lots of spells if I want this to be good or just like it just goes into a humans deck and you just have some spells and you just get flashback on them sometimes. But I, I read this and I was like, ah, my my brain sort of hurts trying to figure out a way to abuse this. It doesn't feel like it's abusable. It just feels like it's just good. It's just good. It's a value card. So, something that's interesting is it's also when you cast. Not when yeah. it enters the battlefield, which does that is have- interesting relevance uh slimefoot and squee uh black red green legendary creature fungus goblin whenever slimefoot and squee enters the battlefield or attacks create a one one green sapling creature token one black red green sacrifice a sapling return slimefoot and squee and up to one other target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield activate only as a sorcery um this, is this, card, this card's really good yeah, I love I love this card a lot. I love the fact that it's a reanimator from your graveyard. You have to get a sapling in play, but as long as you can get a sapling in play, which there are flashback spells that do that, um, you can you can just start reanimating creatures from your graveyard, which I really think is cute. Um, and obviously, like Slimefoot and Squee working together, that's a sick, sick story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like this card. I think this card is the fact that it's in black. So you can like play this in like a sacrifice deck. You can cast it and sacrifice it to get it into your graveyard. You've already got the uh, sapling. Like it's definitely fun. That's a that's a cool card. I like also pushed from a power level uh, perspective. Uh, what's interesting about all of them is they're all three colors, right? Like yeah. they're, 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 they're three color, three mana. They don't have a, a single colorless pip, but a three mana, three, three that makes a one one is like actually just like generically pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's sad that this uh, this is one that I'm kind of sad isn't in standard. I'm sad none of these are in standard. Uh, Goro Goro and Saturo, uh, blue, black, red, goblin, human, legendary creature, three, four. Whenever one or more creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn deals combat damage to a player, create a five, five, red dragon spirit creature token with flying. 
And then creatures you control gain haste until end of turn for one in a red three, four. Card's really good. I mean, it's a for, from a commander perspective, it's a little less. It's a little less abusable, like you obviously yep. can get things in and make five fives and that's really good, uh, but it's one or more. So it's not scalable. So like best case scenario, you're putting in something and giving it haste that can get in on somebody or you're playing a haste creature on its face, you know, that you just are playing in the deck and it's making you five fives and your army is scaling up. Uh, yeah, it's it's fine. This card's, this card's fun. Have you ever played plane chase, Ben? No. Really? Uh, no, I remember it, but I never played it. So, so we are also in the commander decks going to be getting plane chase uh, and new plane chase cards for the first time in a long time, which will be cool. Um, the last card to talk about, and then we were going to talk about our uh, my personal because I prepared my homework. Unlike I ben. thought of one, I have my homework prepared. Don't you? Don't you put that evil on me, uh, Ricky Bobby? But uh, the first card from Aftermath, and what's cool about this card is it insinuates that we're not like one thing that a lot of people are worried about is like the only answer to this problem. The Frixians are so powerful that the only way to defeat them is if like Teferi time traveled and undid it, or it was all a dream. Uh, but the Kenrith's Royal Funeral, two white black legendary enchantment when the Kenrith's Royal Funeral enters the battlefield, exile up to two target legendary creature cards from your graveyard. You draw X cards and you lose X life where X is the greatest mana value among cards. Exile this way. Legendary spells you cost, cast one less to cast for each card. Exile with the Kenrith's Royal Funeral. <sighs> Insinuates that uh, there will be costs to this war and that the Kenrith's will, uh, will be leaving us. And that is that is their oh. parents. That is King Kenrith and his wife. Um, not... Oh, not which was the triple white legend from Eldraine, not Will and Rowan. Will and Rowan will not are not on Got this it. card. Dead. Because Will and, and Rowan are... they died and they didn't get a funeral. <sighs> I was I thought this was the death of Will and Rowan. So um who you know, I'm kind of a fan of Will and Rowan. I, I think Sire? they are being set up to be the main characters. If if planeswalkers aren't going away or even if they're being reduced, I think it's like the next story is Will, Rowan, and Garrick go on a adventure through space time. <laughs> Yeah, Will and Rowan Kenrith, the card is fine. Uh, the Royal Scion is one of my favorite cards, though. I like that card a lot. That's like, well, that's like, I feel like a that card is a drastically underrated card, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, Ben, let's talk. Let's talk. If we could have part characters partner together. Hmm. Who, you want to go first would, or should I? Uh, what? I said, you want to go first or should I? Do you have five? no <laughs> okay then i'm gonna go first my first one is uh number five is vile smasher and anna fenza uh so the rules okay. are they all come from the same plane and i think it would be cool to see characters from specifically uh uh tarkir kind of working together to recreate the um the the original clans right the the and i think i think what could very easily happen is instead of anafenza joining mardu i like i wanted to make it so it stuck with the colors of the cards but we could get is anafenza as a um as a black spirit joining with dramoka and you get like green black white and it like recreates abzan one of the things i hope happens is that phyrixia does so much damage we think we already have art for a completed colagon so much damage to the dragons on Tarkir that it forces the colors to work together for the first time to recreate the wedges so we could revisit Tarkir with the wedges back. Because the reason we haven't revisited Tarkir is we left this space 
with the dragon world, but that's not the world that people want to go back to. We want to go back to wedge worlds. I don't care about the dragon clans. I want to, I want, I want our wedges back. So um, that's, that's my first one. My first one is going to be Thassa and Perforos. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm would joining be, God. Will they be a, a, a welded Phyrexian God or are they going to be separate to fight against Heliod? <laughs> I like a welded Phyrexian guy. That sounds real good to me. That sounds so, like a lot of fun. So so one thing we so Tranquil Cove, which is one of the, the tap lands, does bring up the fact that multiple gods on Theros were completed. We don't know beyond Heliod, but I, I let's let's these are all have to be heroes. So Thassi and Perforos, they they dodged completion and they're fighting against the bad guys. That sounds sick, to be honest. I just like the idea of like like because per, Perforos gets the whole like Creatures enter the battlefield and deal damage. And then Thassa's got the whole scrying thing. Um, so I'd like there could just be some fun thing about like when creatures enter, they scry. And like, I mean, I'm thinking cards, you're thinking characters, but just blue red, the combination sounds sick. Well, I'm in. It could be, it could be, it could be like a, a cascade sneak attack. Yeah, okay. Where where you like you pay or whenever you 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 cast a spell, you like or whenever you cast an instant source or something you like reveal to you hit a creature card and it enters the battlefield and then attacks that turn and then you sacrifice it end of turn or something like that right where like you use the thassa plays at the top of your library effect and also enter the battlefield effects and then perforos plays with like haste and enter the battlefield right. damage but also sneak attack right it's second a card was a sneak attack effect i think they i think they with thassa with Thassa, there's like the scrying stuff. So it could be like beginning of upkeep, you scry and reveal whatever, like, you know, that if it's, if a, it's a creature, thing, reveal it and you can put it into play or something yeah, like exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. That sounds fun. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds sick. I agree. That's a good one. All right. My next one is Lutri and Vadrock. Uh, so, so it's the, the black, white, the white, the white, red, blue, legendary cat dinosaur. Um, and then hanging out with his best friend, Honor Companion. We give Lutri another card. Lutri gets to not be banned in Commander. Everyone rejoices. We get a cool Jeskai combo. Uh, honestly, the chance I like. I want to say like the chances Lutri doesn't show up. This is this is my like small shot call. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but I think it would be cool if Lutri got another card. And this is it's time to not be banned. Um. Ready for my next one? Yeah. Sig and Marilyn. Sig and okay. Marilyn. Of the okay, Marilyn. we are going back. Lorwyn is confirmed a place we're going back to. Because Sig triggers end of turn. If, if a player has, if your opponent has lost three or more life, you draw a card. And Marilyn means players cannot draw cards. Um, That's sick, actually. <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously you're not, you can't draw off the SIG because you can't draw a card while Maryland's in play. So that would have to be changed. It would have to be your opponents can't draw cards, but your opponent would pay the three to search. That's part of Maryland's ability. They'd get a card and then end of the turn, assuming they haven't killed SIG in Maryland, uh, you then get to draw a card off of it. So it is one sided. It seems. Could it be something? Could it be something on the lines of like your opponents can't draw cards unless they pay three life? And then you at your turn can like exile the top card of their library or something. Yeah. So, I mean, there'd be like some shenanigans, it. fun thing, but like, it seems like a cool interaction. The whole like SIG 
dirty sig draw cards end of turn when they've lost three life you give them the opportunity to pay three life to do something advantageous that allows you to draw uh it would probably have to have hex proof otherwise they would just search for an answer to kill sig every single time that's the one you, you like i think it would need to have some sort of protective ability um like like if an opponent has like like if an opponent has searched their library this turn sig and Marilyn has hex proof so yeah. if they search, if they search their library for the answer, your card has X proof or something. I don't know. That sounds fun. No, no, no. I think that sounds really sick. Um, number, number. Uh, the next one for me is Borborigmos, which we mm. are confirmed is going to be in this set. And then Tomic, who is um, uh, Rao's husband, Taza's second in command, maybe first in command because Taza's like letting him handle things regardless the it the together they're like a naya lands commander right borgamos throws lands tomic uh affects lands and graveyards and kind of puts some laws on them um and both of these are like obviously big fan characters borgamos being um both iconic from a tournament set play setting seen a ton of modern play um in grishel brand decks um and then is a a, a very popular regular commander tomic very, very, very popular character, partially because of the love story between him and Ral, uh, as well as just relationship with Teza, another popular character. Um, and then they have a thematic match. They they both play with lands and graveyards. Um, I, a part of me feels like giving you the ability to like return lands from your graveyard to your hand uh, in a way that then uh, maybe does damage to target creatures, so, like two damage to target creature if you put a land from your graveyard into your hand or something like that. Sounds Ooh. cool, but uh, I haven't I haven't gone I haven't gone as more on character vibes than ability vibes. Uh, my next one is going to be Glissa and Miri. Uh, no, sorry, you can't do not, Glissa. Not no. Oh, really? Why? She's completed. She's a bad guy. Uh, all right. I'm just going to change mine. Um, all right. All right. Fine. How about Kemba and Thrun? Those you can do. Those are both. Uh, the two people that that there are three legendary creatures from a Mirrodin set that have not been completed. It it those are two of them. <laughs> yeah, Kemba Throne. I think there could be a fun thing about. I think there could be a fun thing about your cats if they're if they're uh, equipped having like hexproof or something, and then the throne ability could have a regenerate all creatures you control built into it. Okay, um, kind of a thing. So it go, allows you to kind of spend mana going wide to equip things while also having mana up to protect your creatures or something like that. That that seems like a fun thing. Sick, sick. Uh, and then my number one is or number one is Kess and Malfagor. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so obviously I want Kess to return. I think this is the perfect moment. I think the chances we go back to a Lara block just for a full set are so low. So it's time for Kess to shine. Um, and Malfagor is one of the few other legendary creatures that keep it under three colors. Uh, that's alive. Plus, he's a big dragon demon centaur. So just imagining Kess like juggling, riding Malfagor, them them messing stuff up sounds sounds sick to me. And and ability wise, they kind of work together, right? Malfagor discards your hand to uh uh make each opponent sacrifice a creature. How many cards you discard? Kess plays cards from your graveyard, so it literally could just be like. Just when you, when this creature comes into play, you discard your hand, and then all you can cast instants and sorcery spells from your graveyard. Sick, I'm into it. You got you got one last one, Ben. Uh, how about we go real old school and we go Crovax and Urtai? 
Uh, Urtai and Crovax are both, well, I believe both of them are old school Phyrexians. Urtai is also back. He's alive. Yeah, I know Urtai's back because we've said the, the blue black one. But I'm going to say you can have the Phyrexians teaming up. They, they're going to yeah. be working together. Crovax and Crovax and Urtai. That's what I'm going with. That's my last okay. one. I just just powerful old blue villains. Sick, sick, sick. <laughs> All right. Um, are there any characters you don't want to be completed? I no. They're all sick when they get completed. They look cool. They have okay. foils. Their foils look great. Any other fun? Uh, 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 Urbrask might be married. Have you seen this? I've not. Do you know the triple black legend from uh, Cal- uh, Eldraine, the queen? Oh yeah. So she, her whole story is she's been married a bunch of times and as a queen, and all of her husbands have died under mysterious okay. causes. And she's now queen of the forge, and it, she's like completed the way Urbrask is, which means that she's the queen to Urbrask's king. So he's finally found love. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Miles nice. talks to the happy couple. I like Urbrask. What's your favorite Urbrask? The first one. The second one's hot garbage. Yeah, I like the first Urbrask a lot. That card's I'm really, really good. I'm really hoping the new one is really good because I like. I feel like he's the one that's gone the shortest end of the stick all three times. Like even the first Praetors, he's kind of like, he's really, he's, he's underrated, but he's still not like the. He's like, yeah. Monster. It's nowhere near as good as nowhere near as good as like Elishnorn or like Junior Taxis or right, Shouldered. Right, right. Like, the cards are all really good. Like all, all five Praetors have been like top end reanimator targets other than Vornaclax, who's been like a commander staple. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Urbrask's time. Um, I, think newer, I think of the newer ones, Shieldred is pretty, pretty clearly my favorite. Well, the new, the new, uh, Elishnorn's really sick, but that four mana Shieldred is extremely good. I really like new Vornaclax. I, I, I think original Elishnorn is still my favorite of all of them though. Like, yeah, the great card, uh, classic. Um, all right, everyone in the comments, please hit that like subscribe button, but please also type what, what partner command, what's your, your favorite partner group that you would like, which two characters do you want to see fighting together? Um, and it come from, and it just has to be from the same plane and they both can't, neither of them can be completed. Um, all right, Ben, uh, anywhere people can find you on the internet. You guys can find me on Twitter, uh, Ben Bateman Media. I am tweeting less than I maybe once did, but uh, you know, follow me there if you guys if you guys want to. And I am at Kess Wiley in all things, from Venmo all the way to to, to TikTok. All right, nice thank plug. you everyone. Nice we'll plug. talk to you all, all next week. Bye guys. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.